0: Hello, everybody. Welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon, and as ever, I wish you a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever, whenever you tune in to today's Event Industry News Podcast from. Um, and on the show today, um, we're talking about NFTs. A lot of people, not just in the events industry, but you know, in the wider consumer markets, will have heard of the term NFT, non-fungible token, Certainly, in the last twelve months or so, they've been around for a little longer than that. Um, I know a bit about them, but certainly not as much as our guest, who's going to be talking on the podcast today. And we're going to be finding out a little bit more about what they're doing. Them. Our guest is Ryan Kenny. Ryan is the CEO of Seat Lab and joins the podcast for the first time today. Ryan, very warm welcome to the Event Industry News podcast. Good morning, James. Thanks for having me. Not a problem at all. Um, and as I said very briefly there, I like to keep the introductions fairly short before bringing our guest on to the podcast. Um, non-fungible token nft something that people have become familiar with as a term although many people may not be completely au as to what they actually are and and the sort of the inner workings of them and what they mean um maybe we should start with a little bit of a maybe a potted history of of, of, of what an nft is first of all before we get into into what you guys are doing with it
1: yeah no problem at all so an NFT um, is essentially an asset that's stored on a blockchain, um, so it's provable. The ownership is provable, and the NFT itself could be anything from an audio file, a video file, uh, a static image. Um, we've mostly seen the popularity rise in the art sector at the minute. So you might come across bored apes or the like. Um, so that's obviously just a static image NFT. But you know the technology can be used for anything really, and uh, we're hoping to give real utility to NFT technology in the form of ticketing. So.
0: Well, well there we go and that, that 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 brings us in nicely a nice short sweet explanation seat lab um and I'm, I'm I'm reading here from from the pitch document that's on your website at the moment, so anybody can go and have a little look at this. Uh, you know, after you listen to today's podcast, head over and, and have a little look at this. But SeatLab solving some of the ticketing industry's biggest problems with our NFT ticketing marketplace. And something you mentioned in that explanation of NFT is is proof of ownership. It's it's a provable digital entity, isn't it? And that's key in what you guys are doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. This. You know, there's quite a few benefits, really. Um, You can probably separate into three main categories of advantages. So you've got, you know, obviously the ticketing industry's current problems. You've got big problems with touts at the minute. You know, you may have come across it before if you tried to buy a ticket to a big event or a concert. Touts snap them up so quickly. The real fans haven't even got a chance to buy them these days. Um, Similarly with bots as well. There's a big problem with bots in the industry, which you're probably well aware Uh, And also ticket fraud as well. So, you know, it's like 12% of tickets are actually counterfeit or fraudulent these days, Hmm. which is obviously quite a lot really, isn't it? So I think by nature of NFT tickets and blockchain, we can actually prove ownership of those uh, things in our case, tickets, and, you know, verify the ownership really. So hopefully we're going to eradicate a lot of those problems.
0: And of course, I'm just referring maybe to a personal experience just just yesterday actually you know and, and it comes to digital train tickets most people will be familiar with having a digital ticket either in their their apple wallet or in their good you know the on their, their android phone um some sort of digital ticket and w- i was traveling back from london with my two teenage sons and the oldest one needed to go on to uh, uh, to leeds and we were getting off a couple of stops earlier so i i quickly bought a ticket for him to stay on the train and then just messaged it to him so that ticket was essentially transferred bought by me but then transferred straight away to somebody else mm. with no requirement that they had to prove that they purchased it or anything they just had to show it and okay. and the conductor would scan it and i suppose that despite the advances that the ticketing industry has made in recent years with digital ticketing there is still very much this ease of transfer that can take place isn't there in the current marketplace
1: yeah exactly um yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it's, it's not so much a problem when you're talking about train tickets and, you know, tickets like that. But when you're talking about large scale events that typically sell up very quickly, you know, it is a massive problem. Um, you know, that's something which we're, we're trying to solve, uh, obviously, with NFT tickets. Um, we are doing some pretty cool stuff at the minute with, um, you know, we can there's lots of things you can do with NFT tickets. Um, they're called smart contracts, which is basically the programmable contract behind an NFT asset. And with that you can actually program in lots of different variables and rules uh, one of those rules can be a non-transfer as well so um you know firstly we're trying to um tie an nft wallet to a device so mm-hmm. actually we'll eradicate bots you know mass buying tickets and distributing them on a secondary market for example
0: that's well, now I'm, I'm just processing that so eradicating the bots okay yeah I, I get that and buying them on mass um yeah in a practical level then if somebody hasn't used or purchased an nft before and suddenly they went to buy a ticket for you know the 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 next big tour that they wanted concert that they wanted to go and watch or, or a festival how how does the nft manifest itself you know in terms of a um an app on their phone do they need a slightly different digital wallet to the one that is native within mobile device operating systems now
1: yes exactly so we're building our, our own nft ticket wallet which um yeah, it's very much like your Apple Wallet. It's got the um, NFC capability, so that's the near field communication scanning. Um, yeah, we're we're essentially creating our own NFT ticket wallet, um, and that will be a standalone mobile application um, available on iOS and Android, obviously. Um, yeah, the reason we're doing that really is just to uh, it gives us a lot more control over the ticket. Uh, you know, we can actually verify uh, who the person is, who the wallet address is. You know, there's lots of verification that comes with actually tying it to a device. Um, and also, the main benefit is obviously stopping touts being able to must buy them then they literally have to buy lots of mobile phones with mm-hmm. lots of mobile numbers and you know they, have, they physically have to sell the phone if they wanted to operate in that market um so, so yeah it's it's not too far removed from what we see today with digital tickets to be honest i mean as a company we're trying to make it as simple as you possibly can do for people who realistically don't really care what NFTs are they just want a functional ticket um, mm-hmm. and that's essentially what we're trying to do we're trying to make the whole process as easy as possible um, you know a lot, a lot of people we speak to now have crypto native people but that's not really our audience and our audience will be the mass market so as a company we're trying to make it super super easy for people just to onboard and yeah you know, buy and use a functional ticket
0: and i guess for for users for the end user of these they don't ultimately need to know what an nft is they don't really even need to know how it works for them it's just knowing that the ticket that they have purchased you know if they do wish to sell it on that they can do so you know uh, that the organizer is in control of that it's, it's not really probably going to make any obvious difference to the process of the t- the ticket buying process to the end user
1: not massively no so i mean typical uh, web3 applications it, it is a little bit different because you actually connect with a wallet um, whereas what we're doing although we are using wallets we're trying to sort of bridge the gap between sort of traditional ticketing like the future of ticketing really because I, personally i think if you make that jump too quick it's just going to be essentially too difficult people to buy Mm -hmm. um so yeah we're trying to make that really really easy um yeah yeah it it should be easy for people to use that's the main
0: goal what i've just just written down the word control here is something you mentioned in in in, in a, a few minutes ago um i'm curious to know sort of what level of control an organizer does have over it because obviously there is the ability by the sounds of things to effectively lock the ticket and say you know once that person's bought it you could potentially offer nothing. You can't sell it. You can't do anything with it. But it also sounds like that there is an element of control that the organizer could dictate over that ticket as to what happens, where it can go to how much it could be sold for. Is that right?
1: Most definitely, yeah. So this is one of the big attractions with smart contracts and IoT tickets. So as an event organizer, you've got way, way, way more control over you know, over a ticket and what happens to it, the price. You know, it can be literally setting a ceiling price or setting a maximum resale price. Um and- Big point is the royalty split. So, as an artist or event organizer, you can actually program in a percentage royalty split into each ticket. So, for example, you could say, okay, for any future resale of this ticket, I want to receive 10%, 20%, whatever it is, and that will get sent straight to your wallet. So, mm-hmm. if that if that event shows, uh, sells out and the ticket you do allow ticket trading, that can go onto the secondary market, and then that once it's resold, um, the programmed in percentage will be sent back to the artist or event organizer. Um, You know, that's, it's a big problem with the ticket industry today, really, you know, the actual artist or the person actually organising the event doesn't really benefit from any secondary sale, you know, they have very, very little control once that initial sale is made.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's
1: what we're trying to, uh, well, trying to uh, improve, I suppose, you know, we're giving event organisers the tools to be able to do a lot more with the ticket and hopefully a, get a lot more revenue as
0: well <laughs> well that's a really interesting point because it's not I, I know of the problems with the secondary ticking market ticketing market and what it means for fans particularly and the price the price has yeah. been driven up by bots and by you know organizations buying them on mass and then selling them on so but i've never considered actually what that means for the artist in terms of they will agree a fee with a promoter you know for a particular gig or an event or whatever it may be and that fee is ultimately based on the face value of that ticket Mm -hmm. isn't it if you can still call it that there's very few printed (laughs) tickets but the face value you know what ultimately it's going to be sold for initially is what the whole revenue uh is based on for the artist isn't it and of course course. like you say anything that's made on the secondary market is essentially going to the the ticket provider usually through some of the secondary uh, websites
1: yeah no exactly and you can have as many royalty splits as you want as well so It could be that you have, you know, 5% to the original artist or the guest speaker or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. 10% to the event organizer. You could even have investors in there as well. So we've got some core plans for the future to allow investors to actually invest in the event and then um, recoup their investment via smart tickets. So you can actually have as many royalty splits into one ticket as you want, really. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as you rightly said, suddenly you could maybe, negotiate lower fees for, for, for people because you can guarantee uh, a section of that revenue for a, any secondary sale as well you know so it's mm. got a lot lots of use cases really it,
0: it is the on a practical basis is, is the royalty split or the it, actually sort of not paid out but split in real time so you know yeah. unlike now where somebody would sell tickets for an event that big pot of money would come in they would do all their you know bookkeeping their finances their budgeting mm-hmm. based on the event and then split it out pay suppliers you know pay artists pay people who need who are you know owed a split from that revenue yeah. how does how does that split work in from an accounting point of view
1: yeah it's, it's real time so as soon as that transaction is made it gets split between those royalty addresses um, so you know you could you can look at it two ways really. You could um, link a wallet address of the artist or the event organizer, and they would receive the funds literally instantly. Or you could uh, create a secondary wallet, which actually you have control of, but you know that's just uh, siphoned off to go to to the artist eventually. So you mm-hmm. know you you can either yeah you can either split it off instantly and, and pay it, pay it out instantly, or you could send it to a different essentially a bank account or a wallet address. Uh, you know and that could just be divided out as or after the event, for example, or whenever you wanted. So.
0: Mm. Is, is is the intention with SeatLab to to take on some of the the sort of the big names in the ticket industry, or is, is the intention ultimately to develop technology that they can utilise within their platforms?
1: Well, I should probably be careful what I say, really, but uh, yeah, we are we are trying to solve some of these big problems, and, and those problems are caused by certain people, you know. So I would say, yeah, without trying to dig a hole, there is some direct competition there. We mm-hmm. are trying to create something that is just utilizing better technology you know like some of the current big players they they don't really want to change because in their benefit the secondary market is controlled by them you know so they're they're in no rush to bring technology like this to the forefront you know because it doesn't really benefit them whereas Mm. it does benefit everyone else so there's companies like us now trying to you know produce this technology and give it to people so they can utilize it so i suppose yeah it is in competition with those bigger players but um, I, I think it's in the benefit of, of everyone, really.
0: Yeah, a- a- absolutely, and and, and again, and I, I know it's it's sort of you know I'm asking you how long's a piece of string in some <laughs> respects, but it, it, do you, do you anticipate maybe then that. The initial route to market was something like this uh, with with smaller events one-off gigs one-off uh, festivals you know um s- stuff that basically you can work directly with the organizer with sort of very very little red tape and admin because some of the the bigger events with the greatest respect, have got so many more people and entities involved in terms oh, yeah. of organizations and companies um are you hoping to maybe get this out on a, on a smaller level initially to prove that actually it works um, I, I say you could say that. Yes, I mean we're having some quite
1: sizable conversations now with some you know massive global brands. So although I think it will be walk before we can run, I don't think it's by any means going to be okay. Let's start small. I think you know once we're once we've launched, it will be uh, you know rapid climbs, trying on board as many people as we can, really. Um, yeah, I think there will be difficulties with some some larger events. You know, as you rightly said, um, you know we probably understand this industry a little bit more. There is some deals which are just impenetrable, really. You know that the deals are done between um you know a couple of parties and there isn't much room for people like us to get involved but i think you know that's probably only 10 percent of the market or you know maybe a Lovely. little bit more you know there's still a vast opportunity for us to capitalize on and i think a big part of what we're doing is education at the minute you know we we've, yeah it's technology very new we have to educate people on the benefits i don't think it'll be very long before everyone starts to realize hang on a minute we can do so much more with our tickets you know so so yeah to answer your question i think it will be um yeah i don't think we start small but i think it will just being real, real, being realistic sorry
0: mm. um well once once an organizer starts using this the seat lab tech um for a better phrase is is the programming of a given ticket so let's say there are there are three different parties that need to benefit from the sale of a ticket Mm -hmm. um would they do all that sort of initial programming is the intention that they can do that themselves from you know an admin console or do they actually have to come to you and work with you to do that
1: no they can do it themselves so we've spent you know we've worked in the ticketing industry for for a number of years now we do understand the tools that are required to effectively sell tickets you know so we're putting all those tools into a, a really uh, easy to use dashboard alongside the new technology like the smart contracts and things and even the production of the NFT ticket itself you know it's a very easy step-by-step guide or process for you to go through um and, and you know you can do all of that using our dashboard and we've actually spent a long time trying to simplify it as much as we can do so you know anyone can use it um, I always try and think like, could my mom use this, for example? You know, so <laughs> we're trying to actually make it really usable for everyone. Um, and yeah, and as I said earlier, I don't think our initial audience will, will be crypto-native people. So we we almost have to do that. You know, we have to make it easy for people to use. Um, yeah. But yeah, essentially, we offer all the tools that are required to actually do this. So. And, and hopefully do it really
0: easily as well crypto native is a great phrase you know it's, it's something you know more and more people are becoming savvy with that aren't they um yeah. and but i guess i suppose one thing that you may have to consider is that in the in the wider events industry when it comes to the consumers you've got a demographic of people you know uh 15 000 people buying tickets to see the eagles at Leeds arena, are going to be a certain demographic. I'm not pigeonholing the Eagles, everybody, (laughs) by any stretch, but, you know, it may be a different demographic to, you know, a a, a club night at Ministry of Sound, for example. Um, And so, uh, does does that play a part in your thinking at all, or does it come back to what I asked earlier, where, you know, ultimately, the end user is maybe not even going to notice what they're doing and it's just buying a ticket like they've always done?
1: Yeah, you're spot on, really. I mean, there will be some
0: differences, but yeah
1: essentially especially from the user standpoint we're trying to make it as easy as possible and trying to remove any sort of friction or barrier to entry for us mm-hmm. um you know that, that idea has evolved since we've even started this project a number of months ago you know if we have to sort of ground ourselves a little bit and say you know we can't just make everything so futuristic and so unusable you know like yeah our, our demographic is just event attendees and that's such a fast audience we have to cater to all you know so although on the event organizer side that uh, There's new tools, you know. I'd imagine not a lot of people have actually used smart contracts and royalty splits and things like that. So there are some new tools for them to use. But as I said, the the UI and the UX is hopefully super easy. So it's not so much of a challenge for them. But on the user side, yeah, we're trying to keep it as simple as possible and as close to a traditional ticketing setup as we can do. Um, Obviously, we're not using PDFs anymore and things like that. It will be a digital ticket, but it's only an app download, you know. So people are used to downloading apps for things these days. So I don't think it's going to be a massive um challenge for users I think just yeah as I said the harder bit is just educating people on the benefits of why they want to use this from an event organizer standpoint you know so I,
0: I've got got two questions that I've scribbled down here yeah one is to do with connection and one to do with access we'll come to access in a moment but connection first of all this might be a really stupid question but does the nature of how the, the nft Require it to have a live connection from a mobile device. So, you know, in a, a big event space, for example, mobile connection, cellular connection is often really poor when you get, you know, 15,000 people in the space. Mm-hmm. Does that affect the NFT at all?
1: It doesn't affect it. There obviously will need to be an internet connection because it, um,
0: it is a scanning.
1: Um, we are trying to, we're, we're basically going to build two applications. going to be a, an online version, an offline version. Um, so the offline version will cater to this because it's something we've experienced before. Although mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say that's going to be our sort of showpiece scanning ability. You now the showpiece is the NFC scanning, which does require an internet connection. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually listened to your last podcast and uh, there was a guy talking about Wi-Fi boxes in the hardware. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we've solved a lot of those problems already with the hardware that's available in the market. But yeah, we have thought about this issue. You know, we've, we've been in situations before where we've dealt with festivals that are literally in the middle of the field, you know. So we have thought about this. Um, and yeah, we, we will offer an offline ability for the scanning as well. Um, but yeah, yeah. Our, our sort of showpiece scanning ability will be the NFC stuff, which will require an internet connection of sorts
0: yeah and and sort of you know 17 18 minutes into the podcast i now mentioned 5g for the first <laughs> time um that that's going to play in it. based on what you've just said that is ultimately going to have a huge benefit to the development of this type of technology within the event spaces
1: yeah of course i mean what we're doing doesn't it doesn't rely it doesn't have to have internet connection i feel like you know what what, you know how many events actually don't have a good internet connection these days when you're attending it's not too many really so I feel like if we're trying to change our whole solution to cater for that sort of five percent of offline not having online abilities and I think that's a bit of a skewed way to look at it but uh, yeah I think things are only improving with connections aren't they so
0: yeah that's that's interesting you, you say that because as soon as you mentioned it I think oh but you're absolutely right you know we are getting closer to this scenario where it's just gonna be a given. You know, in ten years time, there will be virtually nowhere in the world where you're gonna go where you can't get on the internet. Whether it's, you know, better Wi-Fi in in, in airports, in hotels, where you know if you're going on holiday, but just mobile connections are gonna be much more stable you know they're yeah. pretty good now you know there's very few places i can go now and not get on the internet at some point so you know if we're looking at this as a longer term solution for the industry we probably don't really need to have the the internet connectivity debate like we had 10 years ago uh, uh, yeah
1: no i'd agree with that I, I still think it's you know it's it's a valid topic to mention it's worth considering but yeah I think tested we're we, as you rightly said we're trying to build something that's long- term here that's going to take us into the next generation of ticketing i think we're not going to get there unless we have good internet connections as a basic, you know? So I feel Mm. like that's a problem that, you know, we as a company shouldn't be so hell-bent on trying to solve because there already is great solutions out there which enable any venue to have good Wi-Fi, isn't there, really? Yeah. Um, Uh,
0: uh, The the second thing I wrote down, I mentioned, was access. And um, I'm kind of firing firing weird scenarios here, maybe (laughs) at you. But um, if somebody... When somebody goes to get access to an event that's used this particular ticketing platform, how does the process work? You know, just describe to us the actual process of gaining entry to there. What the the uh, attendee has to do, and what the person who is scanning the tickets has to do. Um, how does that work? And uh, I've got a follow up question to that. I'll let you answer that first of all.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's quite simple, really. So um, it's not too dissimilar from what you do now. You know, there's two devices. Uh, we're, we're um, going down the lines of two smart devices so most people have modern day phones these days um, so you know the user would turn up with their smartphone they would open their ticket wallet they would present the ticket to the scanner or the staff on, on the gate uh, the gate would have a, a an admin application which essentially is a scanner app and they mm-hmm. interact with each other via nfc and that's simply it you know we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here it's we're just trying to get away from qr codes and pdfs but digital tickets with nfc scanning so it, it, it's as simple as two smart devices in close proximity and you've mm. grant, you granted entry uh then that nft is marked as used then so obviously like a traditional ticket once it's been scanned it won't allow re-entry unless you, you've set that up but um yeah so that's essentially how it
0: works mm. oh, and again this is this is a far-fetched question but is there anything to stop the actual device being transferred from person to person
1: well so physically selling the device
0: physically buying you know a cheap android phone buying the ticket. It being on a wallet application that's on that device, and then the secondary market physically selling that device.
1: I mean, we've thought about this as well. So yeah, I think it's a valid response. I mean, personally, I don't think that's going to. Um, it's not going to be scalable, really. So you you might have a, t- a few touts that try and do that. I mean, if we're limiting the amount of tickets a wallet can hold, let's say a yeah. wallet can only buy two or three tickets. You know, it, it is what people could buy. Hundreds of devices and sell them like that, but we are working on some stuff now to try and limit that as well. Um, and you know, that wallets could be tied to personalities as well or, or persons as well. So and there's an added verification layer there as well. So yeah, yeah it's like, a very valid question, but yeah, we're trying to solve that one.
0: And and, and I guess you know, when you have things like face identification now, fingerprint exactly. identification on phones, you do have a layer of, of, of security sort of built in there that would, I mean, ultimately because of that just reposting, you know offering a repost to my own question um touts would have to really go some way wouldn't they to, to to buy you know at the level that they're buying tickets at the moment for the secondary market they'd it's have to be so buying that. devices thousands at a time then having somebody programming them and setting them up yeah the, uh, um, just the, uh, the, and then... <laughs> the economics of doing that the logistics of doing it i think the touts are going to look at it and go no nah definitely working. i
1: feel like you know it, it's
0: we can't say we're going to eliminate it completely
1: but i think if we can make it you know incredibly difficult for them to operate then that's what we will do you know so um yeah there's lots of things we're doing to limit that you know they, they would have to as you rightly said buy thousands of devices then then it, obviously come into our you know if they're trying to purchase you know tickets on one device on one um, marketplace with loads of devices then our bot protection would capture that as well so mm. we're just trying to make loads of barriers for them to operate really
0: Sure. so, yeah, yeah as, as somebody told me recently, the uh, the old uh, onion security, you know, you build up as many layers as possible and you've got something that's actually t- quite tough to get through. That's it. Um, yeah, a, a good analogy. T- tell me about the timeline and the process of actually developing this, you know, in terms of uh, R&D, if you can call it that, you know, programming, research, all the rest of it. Um, how long has it been in the pipeline for you guys to have the uh, NFT as a, as a real sort of viable option for ticketing?
1: A long old time simply <laughs> I, I first started in blockchain about t- nearly 10 years ago
0: right. um,
1: so that was when Bitcoin f- literally first came around. so mm-hmm. I've always had a fascination with cryptocurrency and blockchain technology um, you know that was my first business while I was at university many many years ago. I think realistically I was just young didn't want to get a proper job so i kind of <laughs> try to make internet money and I stumbled across uh, Bitcoin and it was yeah, it was great fun um, yeah obviously I left 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 university and into the real world. Um, worked in a collection of uh, different areas um, and then we we were actually got quite popular in the event sector with our marketing um agency mm-hmm. so we were actually operating um across the uk and the us we were running marketing campaigns for loads of big concert promoters and, and large-scale tours obviously off the back of that we were using traditional ticketing companies and we we always felt like there was something that could be slightly improved, whether it was the cost or yeah. lack of customization or, you know, whatever it was, we thought we could do something slightly better. Um, so that's what we did. We, we left, um, oh, sorry, we didn't leave. We, we, we embarked on creating our own ticketing platform, which was about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit of a long story, but I'm getting to the point. No, 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 <laughs> so, yeah, so it's about, it about four years ago, um, we started a traditional ticketing company. Um, and obviously, I've always been trying to plug this, you know, how can we incorporate this new blockchain technology? How can we improve this process? Um, and, yeah, with the NFT boom last year, it just became feasible, really. The technology was there, the sort of, um, I'll say the mass market, but, you know, people getting familiar with this technology. And suddenly yeah. it, was, it was quite feasible for us to pull this off. So it's been, it's, you know, 10 years, i will say, I've been trying to think about <laughs> how, you know, how society can benefit this technology. And probably four years in ticketing and then, you know, really it's the last couple of years is when we decided yeah. to make a real go of this. Um, yeah, and yeah, definitely last year is when we decided to pull the trigger.
0: Sure. Yeah. And, and how much does it help a, a business like yours when it comes to you know sourcing funding, to sourcing potential clients to use this technology? When we see uh, terms like non-fungible, non-fungible token and NFT appearing in mainstream media and on the news, you know, so we, we see things like, you know, the first tweet, you know, being sold mm-hmm. as an NFT and things like that. Yeah. It, it, does it have a big impact on a business like yours?
1: Most definitely um well actually i'd say that but then i still have lots of conversations where people don't really understand it um <laughs> so you know and that's yes it, it does help incredibly you know i think if i was to pitch this years ago it, people just looked at me like i was crazy you know much like they did 10 years ago when i was trying to pitch <laughs> bitcoin yeah. it's like, it was almost too early whereas now i feel like yeah pe- people at least have heard of it you know so it opens the door for us explaining the benefits if they even if they don't understand them right now um yeah. So, so yeah it, it is opening the door for us really
0: I guess there's a confidence thing as well that that brings. Is that you know, if, if with with the greatest respect, they have a guy who knows what he's talking about coming to explain it to them, and they think, oh, I still don't get it. But then when they turn on the news that evening, they see that the you know the CEO of Twitter has sold his first ever tweet. You know, they think, well, oh, okay, yeah. there must be some mileage to this. If if yeah. something as big as that and as you know um, as well seen as that in the consumer marketplace is, is doing it, I guess no, it may, may, maybe if it's not fully understanding what it is. There's a confidence that that will give to people who see potential but don't don't know what it is.
1: Uh, no, I definitely agree. But I'd also uh, on the flip side to that, I feel like it's, NFTs have only really been used for art purposes at the minute, uh, mm-hmm. and that's in some areas getting a bit bad reputation. You know, the fact that they're not um, very eco friendly, or you know, people are spending hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on pictures of apes. You know, it's like it does have <laughs> its disadvantages. Uh, yeah. People, you know, people like us who are trying to offer a credible utility for this technology, you know. Um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, as I've saying earlier, it's the education piece, isn't it? You know, people have heard of NFTs, maybe some people in a bad light, but it's up to people like us to say, this is more than just a picture of an ape, you know, we can do so much with this technology, and especially with the events industry and tickets, it's such a natural evolution, you know, so, mm. so, yeah.
0: Are there any, um you clearly know, you know, a lot about it in and in a lot of detail because of the time you've spent, you know, working with this technology, Um. Aside from the, the the ticketing marketplace, where else are, are things like NFTs potentially going to rear themselves and uh, manifest themselves in, you know, to, to consumers in the next sort of decade?
1: Oh, That's a, that's a big question. I feel like uh, personally, I've been excited for smart contracts in the insurance markets and in the real estate markets, you know, because it almost takes out that middleman. There's a, there's a new layer of trust that can be built with a smart contract. because It's programmed, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, areas where there's like an exchange um mm-hmm. a, a ride for innovation like this or a proof of ownership you know again it, it's, it's right for this innovation so i think you know i'm very interested to see what happens to society over the next 10 years but i i honestly do think it will touch most industries in some in some aspects um mm-hmm. uh, and definitely you know it's it, every six months this technology advances so fast you know it's it's literally last year we even heard about NFTs, and it's taken over the world, you know. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. I'll almost combust when I think about how much <laughs> good change. It's like yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, well, as I,
0: soon it also, as soon as you've offered that explanation, there, the first thing I thought of was that something like car ownership. You know, exactly, you still yeah. you still when you buy a car or someone privately or, or from anywhere, yeah, you know, yeah. you get you get the piece of paper and you have to post it off, you know, to the yeah. to the DVLA to register your ownership. You know yeah, that 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 whole process surely could be. um more secure yeah start people are not rifling around in the back of a drawer because they've not seen that (laughs) piece of paper in years trying to find it and also it's instant you know you're not waiting for it to be posted processed admined, and then sent back you know straight away that i mean and that's probably one of probably a hundred examples that if we sat down with a piece of paper and scribbled on we could come up with
1: definitely yeah yeah i'll just touch everything honestly i think Everything from like medical records to, you know, as you said, like buying, selling cars, literally anything, uh, you know, even wider stuff like the insurance and things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: there's so many areas which are just ripe for this technology. Um, yeah, we're already seeing it now. You know, there's, there is, there um, is, you know, as we go, as, as every week goes on, there's more brands getting involved in this, you know, mostly from still an art point of view. But I think people are actually starting to realize the implications and the the benefits of this technology, you know, where we can deploy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it'll be exciting to see for sure.
0: It will certainly be exciting to see. We've been talking on the podcast today to Ryan Kenny. Ryan is the CEO at Seat Lab, and we've been talking about their NFT technology and how they are solving some of the ticketing industry's biggest problems with their NFT ticketing marketplace. Um, Ryan, if people want to explore this in a little bit more detail and find out more about what you guys are up to at, at SeatLab, where do they go? What do they need to do?
1: Yeah, check out our website. It's seatlabnft.com um, or follow us on Twitter. We're most active on Twitter, Discord and also on the website as well so
0: fantastic yeah. and if and if you're uh if you're listening to this um head over to event your news.com because we put up links on the actual video of today's podcast if you want to just uh, double check those website uh and uh <clears throat> excuse me twitter addresses but as ryan says seatlab nft.com is the website to go to and uh as i mentioned very briefly at the start of, of today's episode um i've been referring to, to to i think they have a pitch document as it's referred on your website ryan if i'm right yeah, uh, really true. useful PDF everybody so if you want to find out and look into it in a little bit more More detail in your own time after today's podcast um why not start with that particular document so yeah our thanks to ryan and as i said if you're watching today's podcast on the website don't forget, you can listen to audio versions of all of our podcasts just by going to wherever you get your podcasts from and searching for event industry news. Of course, if you are listening to this today already, don't forget to head over to eventindustrynews.com and you can check out all the latest news features and supplements on the website, as well as watching video versions of all of our podcasts. <clears throat> Excuse me, a little tickle in the throat today. <laughs> um our thanks once again to ryan kenny ceo at Seatlab, lab for talking to us today ryan it's been great to have you on the show hope to catch up with you again in future to find out how this uh, this technology is developing so look forward to seeing you on the podcast again uh, you know further down the road
1: thanks very much James. it's been great speaking to you
0: thanks very much guys thanks for tuning in we'll see you all on the next episode goodbye everyone